I have got some ghost stories for you. I come home from the gym and the chairs are all stacked upside down. I'm like a very intricate stack. There was a werewolf on our porch swing holding one of our kittens. The pen was all busted open and there is blood everywhere. There's like somebody standing in the middle of the bed with their finger pushing straight up on the canopy like a tent pole. But there's nothing there and I laid in bed like a little kid. I pulled the covers up over my eyes. <laughs> this little boy told paranormal investigators apparently my grandfather came back from the dead to harass a toddler. <laughs> so that is my ghost story. Hi, and welcome to Haunted AF, the podcast of real ghost stories told by real people. We are your hosts. I'm Julie Fist. And I'm Rebecca Black. So coming up in just a little bit, we're going to chat with Chris Von Hoffman. He's the director behind the movie Devil's Workshop. He actually Ooh. wrote that one, too. Starring Emil Hirsch. We also have a really freaky UFO story. Ooh, I cannot wait to hear that. Yeah, we need some input on okay. this one because something's up. First, we got to say thanks to our newest patrons, Bethany Jones and to Douglas Scott, who actually became an annual Patreon. Hi, Patron, Doug. thank you. Um, uh, remember, you can find our weekly pregames and tons of exclusive content, patreon.com slash hauntedaf. We also have a special giveaway this week. Uh, it's a signed copy of Laura Kranz's new book, The Search for Sasquatch, and it is so freaking cute. Oh, sorry, I just knocked my... Uh, Your microphone. Yes, thank you. Also, this comes uh, extra special with Julie's spilled coffee all over it. I did. I so did. it smells good, at least. Yeah, and it's actually... It still looks good. It's it really does. Weird. I can't even see that... I don't even notice that you spilled any coffee And on look, it. Laura Kranz signed it. I love that. Yes. The big feet are my favorite part. Also, big thanks to everybody who's been sending pictures of their pets in costumes. Oh my gosh, yes. So if you're watching on YouTube, that's what you were seeing in our intro, and we're going to make a point of using those throughout the rest of the season. So if you send a picture, make sure you check YouTube or you check the companion blog at hauntedaf.com. See if your baby got in there, because these are so adorable. I cannot get enough of these guys. Uh, my girlfriend Heather sent in her cat, and I'm curious if it made the cut. Well, they all make the cut. It's a cat in a Chucky costume. Oh my God. With a knife. <laughs> yeah, of course. That's Chewy. That's my friend Heather's cat, Chewy. Okay, look, <laughs> we might be sticklers about some of the ghost stories, but if a pet in a costume shows up and it's not just a blur, then yes, we will be using it. So awesome. Chewy, I'm sure Chewy is Maybe in the there somewhere. Also, if you did come and meet us at the Spooky Spectacle, speaking of our YouTube videos, mm -hmm. we used tons of those pictures in last week's episode. So make sure you go to the Haunted AF channel at YouTube so you can see if your picture showed up over mm -hmm. there. Oh, we also got an update from Chris Zelda. So remember last week she talked about seeing the leg that was walking yes. through her house and we had lots of questions. So she says the leg was a left leg from the back from about the knee down and okay. it looked solid. It seemed like if I had gone to touch it, I would have felt it. Oh, I wish you had touched it. Right? Oh, that would have been great. Because you know it'd be cold. Uh, of course. <laughs> she says, I think it was my dad's leg wanting to come home because he had had it amputated that same year due to complications <gasps> from diabetes. Oh my god! We've talked about this yes. before. Yeah, is it possible that amputated limbs could come back and just hang out and want to be in their old location? I... <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so we mentioned this UFO story. Yeah. This comes from Jesse. Hello, Julie and Rebecca. I freaking love your show. I am currently hiding from my children. Don't worry, they're supervised. <laughs> but I have a story for you. I wasn't when worried. When I was around 12 or 13, me and my friend, we were playing outside her house. Um, I live in Richfield, Utah. And we had her little nephew who was like three 
and we were just playing outside doing our thing and it was nighttime and I remember we were playing a make-believe game with him to keep him entertained and anyways I looked up at the sky and I remember seeing this weird thing at first I thought it was a plane and then uh it started to get closer to us like it looked like it was flying towards us and oddly getting closer like it was almost going lower but it was moving super super slow which is why I thought it must be a plane you know as it got closer though I remember seeing shapes in it and the colors changing so it would go from like a triangle like a red triangle to a yellow square to a blue circle to a green diamond and I remember thinking this is strange um and I remember saying Mallory look at this how's my friend and she looks up at the sky and she's like what the hell but of course we didn't say hell because we were 13 and we were good children um anyways <laughs> she sees it too And then her nephew that we're watching looks up in the sky and he sees it. And he's like, what's that, Aunt Mal? What's that? And we're like, oh, buddy, it's just Peter Pan. And uh, anyways, it starts to get closer and closer and closer. And it moves across the sky. So it starts on the left side. It moves across the sky to the right side. And I would say, like, it's, like, relatively close to us. Close enough that we can make out the shapes clearly. And it's getting closer and closer and closer. And as it moves to the right side, I'm like starting to get a little bit scared at this point because we've got our nephew with us. And I'm like, you know, aliens, like, are we going to get abducted right now? Like I was the little kid and I was kind of freaked out. So then as it gets to the right side of us, it stops, completely stops in place. And you can see the shape still. It's going triangle, um, circle, square, and the colors are changing. And we're like, what is this? And then just out of nowhere, as fast as your eyes can move, it shoots back towards the left and into the distance, almost where it started from. This was probably a span of like four or five minutes that this thing was moving towards us. It was out of sight in a matter of five seconds. That's how fast it all happened. And I remember her nephew started to get really scared because I think he was reacting to our reactions. And we just told him it was Peter Pan coming to take the kids to Neverland. And that (laughs) was the story we stuck with for years and years and years. Um, So that's my story. So I love you guys. I hope you enjoyed it. And thanks for listening. Oh, thank you so much, Jesse. Maybe it was Peter Pan. I think it was the leprechaun from Lucky Charms. Could have been the, oh my gosh. The pink yes! hot, yellow moon. So really, okay, I had a theory going in the middle of the story, and then she blew it up when she said she was 13 years old, because it happened like a while ago, right? Right. Those are the same symbols that are in Squid Game. Oh. That they wear on their helmets. The triangle, the circle, the yes. square, right? Doesn't it seem like something other people would have seen? Yes. I would feel like that would, there would be a whole thread, like, on reddit about the triangle well, circle people could it be like a blimp or something with the uh with marquee the di- things the digital marquee right but that's pretty bland if that's what it was i would think though if you were seeing the marquee you would also see the outline of the blimp with it right right i mean blimps are pretty clear you right. get it you know what a blimp looks like if anybody has any ideas on this because we've never heard anything like this no. so, i mean we get a pretty consistent ufo stories i've never heard any or i'm sorry uap stories yeah. is that what they are i guess unidentified I why, I aerial why are phenomenon we changing it? why are we changing the name because everybody is UFO insulting or something? Yeah, people. Did that get canceled? You can't say UFO Stop. without feeling like a dick. So I think UAP just sounds a little more UAP. official. I don't like it. It's like government approved. <laughs> I know. I don't like it though. <laughs> okay, we're still UFO then. Right, we're wait, team perfect. UFO. Sweet. Again, if anybody knows anything about this, hauntedafpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your theories. Yeah, absolutely. Um, our next story comes from Forrest. Hello, my name is Forrest. The house we live in was built in 1977, and only one other family lived there before us. 
Well, one Saturday this past January, my wife took our six-year-old son to the doctor. I stayed home and I was in the bedroom looking at Facebook and texting my wife. At some point, I moved into the dining room when I heard my son crying the way he does when he doesn't get his way. I thought, oh, great, we're going to have a crappy afternoon (laughs) and waited for them to come to the carport. A few minutes passed and I checked the carport for them. Then I started walking around the house and looking out the windows for her car. They were nowhere to be seen. So I said, nope. And I grabbed my shoes, jacket, and handgun and left. (laughs) Okay. Quick side note. I'm fascinated with people who grab the handgun because I'm like, do you think you're going to kill a ghost? It could be somebody in the house. That's true. At this point, you don't know it's a ghost. Forrest goes on to say, side note, my wife Jennifer has heard a voice that sounds like me calling her name. Jen, Jenny, Jenna. Ooh, so we use his different little nicknames Like all her, uh, yeah, like all her little pet names. My brother also once heard me and my wife having a conversation when we weren't even home. We were actually in another state when that happened. By the way, I love your show. You two are so funny, Forrest. Thank you, Forrest. Yeah, I wouldn't be house-sitting for Forrest anymore. Okay, as I mentioned earlier, got to talk to director Chris Von Hoffman about his new movie, Devil's Workshop. And can I tell you, we had a really lovely conversation. Mm -hmm. After the interview, I got really concerned that I started saying devil's toolbox at some point and I was like dying to get the video so I could see what I had said. Yeah. It is devil's workshop and it's going to be screening in select theaters. So it stars Timothy Grenaderos from 13 Reasons Why mm, okay. and he plays an actor who's trying to get this job. He's going to play a demonologist Ooh. and so he does a little method thing where he decides he's going to interview somebody who's an actual demonologist. Uh-huh. He runs an ad. She calls him out to her farm. No! do not go of course it's this beautiful woman yeah uh-huh. yeah so she wants to try all this freaky stuff with him uh-uh. she even brings a goat on the scene at some point in time so of course everything goes to shit you know yeah, of course anyhow he had some actual ghost stories about a haunted house that his dad lives in nice my dad lives in a house from the 1700s and like george washington the soldiers lived in there the the whole house the interior is like literally from another time and um you know growing up out you know sometimes like in my teen years i would stay there overnight um when no one was there i'd be like by myself and always like hear things like uh, something in the attic remember there was a time where like uh, i literally heard footsteps coming up the stairs no one was there. There were clear footsteps. And uh, I could have sworn I saw someone like watching me from like the barn outside of the property. Like because my dad uh, has like a barn that he had his workshop in. Um, like the doorbell would go off in the middle of the night. And uh, and to this day, like whenever I visit there, like there's still creepy things that happen in that house. I mean, like I still see like shadows coming up the stairs. If you're staying there overnight by yourself, it definitely turns into a haunted house. If you get a chance, go and watch the trailer for Devil's Workshop. And again, it is in select theaters and on demand. Uh, it it looks a little, it's a little porny. Ooh, yeah. ooh. Looks like there's, it gets a little nude, a lot of blood. Okay, blood it, and naked. I love it. If that's your thing. But I asked Chris Von Hoffman what his favorite scary movie is, oh, you know, because yeah. since we're in scary movie season. But he said the original Candyman, because he was really young then. Yeah. And when he would go and stay at his grandparents' house, they only had Candyman on DVD and Mrs. Doubtfire. So they would go back and forth. I'm sorry, best grandparents ever. I know, I know. <laughs> Who, whose grandparents have Candyman? I do not know, but that's fantastic. I want to hang out with his grandparents. I do too. But did you know that there's a true story behind Candyman? 
I heard that. Yeah, so there was this woman named Ruthie Mae McCoy, and she lived in these apartments in Southside Chicago. Mm-hmm. Apparently, when they were built, they had put these little hallways behind the actual apartments, so Creepy. workmen would be able to access the apartments okay. easier. But thieves found out, and they were using these hallways to break into apartments, and they realized that you could push the mirror out in the bathroom and crawl through a hole and get into people's apartments to steal things. Oh, my gosh. So Ruthie May had a reputation for being mentally ill. Mm-hmm. So she calls the police. She's on the phone, 911, saying someone is breaking through the mirror in my bathroom. I think they're going to kill me. I need your help. And they're like, whatever, crazy. I don't think they even sent anyone to check on her initially. <gasps> so eventually, yes, the thieves got in and they killed her. Wow. And the police didn't even check it out for like three days. So that's kind of where the story got started of the looking in the mirror and yeah. somebody's coming through the mirror to kill Ooh. you. Isn't just got that like creepy. Oh, I got like the chill bumps. Yeah, and Ugh. I will share a link to that story if you want to check it out. Oh, so this next story, this is a combo, and it comes from Crystal and Clark. Why did the ghost cross the road? I don't know why. To get to the other side. <laughs> and we actually have a shared experience about this. <laughs> so we both live in Long Beach, and one night it was twilight, the sun was setting, and we were driving through Long Beach, and we were approaching an intersection. And at this intersection, the cross street had a lot of construction, so there was a lot of dust. As we're approaching the intersection, we see a bus pass by and kick up a whole bunch of dust, sort of like in cartoons when a bus on a rainy day would hit a puddle and splash a person on the sidewalk. So we actually saw a person crossing the street covered in dust. And I thought, oh my gosh, this poor person. As they're crossing the crosswalk, we begin to see the dust swirl around and settle. Yeah, and then ended up just kind of wisping away. Poof, the person disappeared right in front of our eyes. Yeah, and we were both like, oh my god, did you see that? At the same time. At the exact same time. (laughs) So the ghost actually never made it across the street. And we realized that the dust had almost framed the person the energy crossing the street. Yeah, kind of as if, like, if they were wearing, like, an invisibility cloak and you threw a bunch of dust on someone and it kind of, like, outlines them. Then just the rest of the drive, we were just both saying, like, go surreal. Go surreal. <laughs> there is nothing else to explain it. How amazing is that story? That's a great story. Now I get the joke. Oh, why did the ghost cross the road? <laughs> yeah. And the ghost never got to the other side. Oh, that's really sad. I feel like, wouldn't they be catching this kind of stuff on the, like, traffic cameras and stuff? Yeah, that's a good point. Like, uh, But we don't know where they were at. Crystal and Clark, let us know where you were, because that would be a cool thing to look into to find out if there yeah, were any sort of, like, traffic cameras. Yeah, absolutely. All right, our next story is from Anonymous. Does not want to be uh, known. <laughs> Why that, did I feel like I needed to give the definition of anonymous? So that, that's what that means? That's exactly what that means. Thank you. It's stupid. Clarifying. I am so sorry. <laughs> Clearly, I've talked to no one today. <laughs> oh, girl. Like, I've talked to no one, and I need to just... Oh, welcome to my world. It's, wording is hard <laughs> is when you so work hard. alone. Again, this one comes from Anonymous. My best friend was killed in a murder-suicide nearly five years ago. There, There's another one of those awkward segues. Yeah. yeah. Ha ha. Oh, oh. Sorry. Okay. Needless to say... It was a devastating loss that has taken a long time to come to terms with. That same year, my ex-husband admitted to numerous affairs, further adding to the emotional stress of my life. I decided to file for divorce and threw myself 
into a whole world of uncertainty. I was walking away with two small children and had nowhere lined up for us to live. Wow. The uncertainty kept me awake most nights, and I took to sleeping in one of the kids' rooms during the process. One night, I was in my daughter's room, lying in bed, awake, looking up at the ceiling and thinking through everything. At one point, I turned, and there in the space between the doorframe and my daughter's dresser was my friend. Mm. She looked solid, but was manifested only from the waist up and dressed in a white blouse. All she did was look at me with no expression on her face. I looked at her for what felt like a good minute, then turned to look at the ceiling to collect myself. I turned to the door again, and she was gone. Since then, I've seen her in dreams in which we have real conversations about life in general. I try to remember all of them. Oh, that's that's so sad. Kind of bittersweet, because if you're having these real conversations and you're trying to remember them, I suggest get a journal and start writing those conversations down. All right, so this next story is from Kendall. Hello, Julie and Rebecca. This is Kendall in Oregon, and I freaking adore you. I wanted to share a story with you that actually happened to my brother back when we were kids. So back mid-80s or so, we used to go out with our whole giant network of extended cousins to stay at my great-grandparents' farm that was in Placid, Texas. Population was fewer than 100 at the time. It was truly a tiny, out-in-the-middle-of-nowhere town. And it was a little spooky to be in the farmhouse at night because it was just so quiet everywhere, (laughs) all around. And there were so many cousins that the sleeping arrangement would always be a little bit tricky. Some people would be on the floor, some people would be crammed into a bed, and usually one of the cousins, one of us would need to go and sleep with our great-grandmother in her bed, which was on the very back porch and isolated sort of from the rest of the house. And he was out there kind of dozing on and off, trying to get to sleep. wasn't really comfortable being out there. And at one point, he rolled over and opened his eyes and looked up towards the ceiling. And there was this figure of a woman floating above him. He said her skin was bluish and her hands were clawed and her mouth was wide open. She was in this streaming white nightgown and her hair was just sort of wild, like it was blowing in the wind. And he just had a moment of, uh, what the fuck's going on? Put his head back under the covers and decided he didn't need to get up and go to the bathroom after all. And he didn't tell me about it for a little while because he was so spooked by what he had experienced and didn't really want to spook me at the time. <laughs> that was one of the few times that he was not wanting to mess with me as a big brother. <laughs> anyway, I love you two so much. Have an awesome, high holy spooky season. And I will talk to you soon bye bye thank you Kendall I love that it was too real for her brother to even like try to prank her why is it creepy to be sleeping with great grandma already dude I thought the same thing (laughs) I was like oh must have been before air mattresses I'm sure it was fine oh but this story got to me because you and I had another blue lady story in Granbury. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so Jeremy came over and told us a story. And we actually recorded him. But I had a moment of excellence. And I screwed it up and didn't record it properly. Yeah, that's I'm right. awesome. But Jeremy, when he moved into his new house, somebody came over and gave him a manuscript and said, this is this so is creepy. Everything that I wrote about when I lived in this house and all of my creepy experience. 
audiences, but they had a blue lady as well. So my theory is that the blue lady is either drowning or freezing. I agree. It's got to be because that's the blue. Yeah. Like frozen. You always have that blue hue or whatever, or at least in movies, you have the blue hue. It just sounds it, right. Yeah. I agree. And then the, the mouth wide open. Yeah. But I think your hands just do that when you're dead. Yeah, anyhow. maybe so. It's what just, is that? Rigor mortis? Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Texas. Rigor mortis. Rigor mortis. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I've talked to no one today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, oh, hey, it's Q. Q me. My turn to it's, talk. It's you. Yeah, don't forget, you guys. We actually have a companion blog, hauntedaf.com. While you're there, pick up some of our cute Haunted AF t-shirts. Also, don't forget, we're on YouTube, so you can watch this whole thing on YouTube. See all of our stupid facial expressions. And also see all of the cute pet costumes. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and send those to us. We definitely need the cute pet costumes. There's only three episodes left in How? season eight. I know. Isn't that crazy? It's gone by so fast. It really has. And it's been a crazy season for yeah. you and I both. It's been a crazy year. But this is probably a really good time to become a Haunted AF patron because we will continue posting episodes between seasons. Mm-hmm. There's tons of exclusive content over there. And it's also a really easy way to get in touch with us. Yep. Like we talk to our patrons all the time. Mm-hmm. So that's at patreon.com backslash Haunted AF. Being a patron is a great way to support the podcast. Uh, like you said, buying t-shirts, mm-hmm. buying our merch. But really, the best way to support the podcast, if you're not giving cash, is to send the stories. We know you Absolutely. have them. Absolutely, We know you have them. Yes. And the first thing you guys say when you send the email is like, I've been meaning to send this forever. Mm-hmm. Don't wait anymore. Nope. Hauntedafpodcast at gmail.com. Send that stuff to us now along with your cute pets and their costumes so we can use it in season eight of Haunted AF. And don't forget to subscribe to Haunted AF on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts. Please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and of course, TikTok. You can even contact us directly through our website, hauntedaf.com. Gotta say thanks to Andrew Mamalaga and Travis Vance for the Haunted AF theme song and to On Air Media for titles and technical support. Also, big thanks to all of the Haunted AF Patreon supporters. Most of all, we have to thank you for listening and for sharing your stories with us. By the way, Julie, if I die first, I'm coming back to haunt you. Oh, I'll come back to haunt you too, Rebecca. 